You know, sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Cause so many things that go against us. But it's something inside our spirit that just keep us marching forward. We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. What's up, my boy? How you feeling? What's up, bro, man? It's been a long time coming. Man, I'm, uh, I've been looking forward to doing this for a little while. And uh, I know when I was in Atlanta, I didn't get to link up with you. So it feels good to actually get it done in our city now. So Yeah, it feels good to like catch you in the flesh too, bro. Because like I see all these people that like I've met over the years that are doing so many amazing things. Mm -hmm. And it feels different to like watch it in social media. So sometimes it feels good to just like reconnect in person and like tell people that you care about like yo you're doing a great job or like yeah. hear what's going on behind the scenes because like you i see you making all these moves and i want an understanding of like the bigger picture of what you're working towards so i'm hoping that i can learn a little bit more about that today yeah absolutely man i think too uh we can't get lost and we talked about this on the way in mm -hmm. but you can't get lost in the human element of life right things are happening in real life and uh not just living um through a through a you know a social media channel, so like it definitely feels good to sit across from you um, and just break bread, man. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. Let's do it. Most definitely. So what's new, bro? Like what you got going on in your life right now? Yeah, man. So uh, last month we wrapped up uh, the fifth annual Philly Financial Literacy Week, uh, and that was very um, that was instrumental for me, man. Because to stay consistent for five years of doing something that I didn't always get the best turnout for. I didn't always get the media attention for it. I didn't always get like, you know, recognized for it. Right. It helped me understand that, you know, I've been always leading with the work. Mm -hmm. And it's always been about helping, you know, people just become like better stewards of their money, to say the least. So, you know, being able to go to year five and getting people that, that are coming from like other cities uh, to come and be a part of it because they, they also want to learn. And we got recognized again this year for um, for it from Philadelphia City Council and um, the U.S. House of Representatives. So we got a citation and a resolution award. And, and basically what those are, just awards that government gives gives out to community members that are doing, you know, really good work in the community. Mm -hmm. um, and it honors that that particular event happening. Um, so we do Philly Financial Literacy Week every year in October. It's the third week in October. And um, I met some... Um, that was in October, so I'm recapping you on October. So that that was a great a great month. I mean, we did we had Experian, um, the Credit Bureau, who's who's, who's always down to uh, be a partner with us. We had um, three dynamic Black women come on, and um, I'm sorry, three minority women because one is um, a Latina, mm -hmm. two of them were Black, um, come on and talk about real estate, how they built their real estate empires, basically from you know zero dollars. Um, we we had a, a a Black CPA come on talk about taxes. Um, and business structures for a lot of the small business owners. And then we concluded with the crypto conversation with Tyrone Ross and Justin Costelli, uh, which was, uh, man, for, for anybody that didn't get the opportunity to join it, that was probably just like the questions that they, the audience were asking. They were very engaged. They were trying to figure out like how that fit into their current lives. So I just felt really liberated afterwards because I knew people took something away from it right. and that's all that's what the goal is right just to help people take something away that they can apply to their you know um, everyday lives so we just concluded that man I'm, i've been studying um for uh for an exam um that i'm going to be taking in, at the end of december mm -hmm. uh to uh i'm not gonna uh kind of talk a little bit premature on that right. one because <laughs> um you got people that are watching so i don't want uh, nothing to be reported but there is right. going to be uh something very special happening for creatives and small business owners 
um, that I'm really excited for. I've been planting these seeds to, to do the work that I'm going to do um, I've, for the last seven years. Um, so it, it's, it's been it's been a it's been a long time coming. So that's what I've been up to. I did go to some conferences this year. So in September, I visited two conferences that changed my life. The connections. I mean, I'm meeting the chief and editor for Investopedia. They mm-hmm. want to, you know, they're throwing stuff at us for Philly Financial Literacy Week. I'm meeting, you know, people who sit on top of the 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 the, the, the largest um, exchange traded funds um, in the United States. I'm meeting. Like, I, I'm meeting global leaders within like the investment um investment world it just was crazy and then what i took away was the that relationships right and and you we always talk about your network is your network right but relationships are so much more valuable than currency you don't even dig it like people not you in particular but people don't dig it like and i mean that wholeheartedly um because i went out there with the intentions of wanting to meet genuine people mm-hmm. and then i had follow-ups so after I left both of those, I was, I was away for eight days. I went to FinCon in Orlando. I was there for four days. Shout out to my lady who purchased the tickets for me to go down there because she believed in the, she believed in the dream. <laughs> and uh, I then went. I flew from Orlando to to LA mm-hmm. and drove out to Huntington Beach. And that was that was a whole different world too. We could you know we'll we'll get back to that. That that was just that was just crazy. But I was going for those you know eight days and. When I came back, I had four weeks worth of meetings set up, all oh. just Zooms. So by that fourth week, I was, I ain't gonna lie, I was burnt out. And then I had Philly Financial Literacy Week the very next week. So I was like, Shh. like that was a That's lot. with the work, bro. Yeah. I think yeah. this is a follow-up, what we're doing right now, because me and you met about, I would say like five, four or five years ago now, yeah. bro, at our friend Kiava's uh, Black Millennial Mixer. Yeah. And at that event, I had the opportunity to see a lot of people and meet a lot of people that I watch on social media, and they always in one room. So I ain't know too much about you at that time, but when we followed each other on social media and I saw everything that you was about, I was like, yo, this dude is like really out here. We also knew, we, so we also crossed paths very briefly, and I, I brought it up to you before, but we both played high school basketball for the same high school. You played the, the following year um, after I had graduated, and then you had uh, played at Bernatha, and I was at Penn State Edmonton playing. When you when Troy and all ah, was playing there, so, yeah, so they were playing at Bernathan. <laughs> Bernathan had just started their basketball program, yep. and I was playing at Penn State Abington, and we actually played because they joined the NIAC, and we were a part of the NIAC conference. So you were there as well. So we always that's crossed crazy. paths, but it was just that's why I'm like, nah, Tay, we we kind of knew we didn't know each other, know each other, but we crossed paths because basketball, you know how that sport is, yeah. like. You meet so many. You people. meet so many people. Like now, if I'm going to a game, I'm like looking at something. I'm like, damn, I used to play with him when I was 11 years old. You right. just know people because that sport just it's damn, that's crazy. Like basketball really builds relationships. Most like, definitely, we were supposed dang. to hoop today, yo. <laughs> nah, my man. Knees, my knees I was at a, I was at a reunion last night, man, for a high school. You would have thought it was my high school reunion, man. Yeah. I just like having a good time. If you ever have the the privilege of having me in an event. I'm not humble at an event. I'm going to dance, bro, and I'm going like. I was telling my girl before this. <laughs> I love watching your girl's social media. Whenever y'all travel, oh, man. whenever y'all go to a party, yo, at some point, Nas is going to get drunk and he's going to start dancing. <laughs> and I'm going to start dancing, bro. Yo, she creating this, she's literally creating a TikTok of all my dances because yeah. I literally, that, that's a that's a, that's a a testament to my personality. Yeah. You may not know how to do something, right? But you're going you're gonna to do it anyway. And you're going to give it your best shot. You're not going to worry about what other people are thinking. And I, I take that back when I do, when I dance, I can't really dance. Right. But like, in that moment, I'm enjoying the moment. I'm not sitting at the table scrolling on Instagram. Right. I'm in the moment. I'm like vibing. 
laughing, spreading love, and just being. Because I, when I get drunk, I naturally become a lover, and I'm get very inspirational, mm-hmm. and I'm ready to give a speech. Bro, right. I took their mic over last night <laughs> at the at the reunion. So they put dreams and nightmares on, and you know the central people. It's a very diverse group there. So um, they was all sitting there, and uh, he was playing. The DJ dropped the song. I'm like, oh no, they ain't, no, they ain't doing it. You right. know when you hear that song anywhere, you, you from Philly, up. man. That it, it just something that song do to you. So I got up, man. I went over to. The, I said, DJ, hold on, hold, hold that beat. Drop that joint back, man. <laughs> I got on the mic. And I was like, yo, Central, y'all not turning up the right way, man. Right. I want everybody on the dance floor. So everybody got up, went to the dance floor. I was like, DJ, drop that joke. Then he just dropped it. And it just, I'm like, yo, what am I Mind doing? Joe. This ain't on my part. This ain't Mind on my part. Nas didn't even go to Central. <laughs> That's <laughs> me, took man. took the whole party over. But no, I really commend you on that, bro. And I think it really goes back to that idea of just like being in the moment and truly finding ways to like enjoy life. And I feel like with all these phones, laptops, and yes. these devices, it's taking us so far away from reality that people are able to go online and curate lifestyles that might not even be... Who they are. Right. Yep. And that's that's a dangerous place to exist in. And I wanted to go back to something, bro. I wanted to congratulate you on your uh, fifth financial, Philly Financial Literacy Week. But Appreciate that, bro. I wanted to go over people's heads. So if you could explain it, in layman's terms, like, break it down, like, what is Philly Financial Literacy Week? Yeah, so Philly Financial Literacy Week. So Philly Financial Literacy Week, Inc. is a nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. right, um, that serves underserved. It, its premise is to serve the underserved, right? Mm-hmm. People who don't have access to um, financial resources um, or education to help them, you know, propel forward in their, in their financial journey. Mm-hmm. So the organization throws a annual week in Philly where... Um, throughout that whole week, we're hosting different financial education workshops to for free for the community to come and have an opportunity, not just to learn, but the people that I'm actually bringing on these platforms, these are people that you would have to pay to be in that right. in their space. Like they, They're just at that level now, right? So what I've been able to do is bridge community in that, and those like, you, you'd be surprised how many people actually want to you know, give back and actually you know, come and be a part of something like that so like that whole week was just it the, the week is just dynamic from a from a relation i'm going back to my point of like relationships because now mm-hmm. if you get on there and you really like are desiring to do let's just say you're desiring to to to, to build wealth through real estate right mm-hmm. you have three women on there who have done it from scratch right. right so like that's your opportunity to connect ask the questions that you need and and follow up with them it's not just Sit at the workshop, take your notes, and then go home. Go home, cause like, cause sometimes you don't know how. Well, how does this fit into this is my life? How do you? This apply is the, the notes. How do I apply this here? Cause you got a lot of people, a lot of people that, that information hoarder. So, what we what we've done is like, um, we've had in the past, and we're gonna do this on our sixth annual, but we're gonna actually have um, uh, financial planners come in and do pro bono, pro bono work for the people there, right? So. If you are somebody that's trying to get their credit together or somebody that's trying to, you know, start building, um, you know, building your savings out mm-hmm. or start investing or, you know, you don't have a will, you don't have an estate plan. Like some of these more um, uh, more detailed uh, financial aspects of your of your journey, right. they're going to be there to help guide you um, and also point you in the direction of where you could go to get these resources, um, you know, taken advantage of. So to, to kind of bring it bring it back. It's an entire week that really just focuses on focuses on liberating people mm-hmm. um, from an economic standpoint um, in a way that is um, very pure and genuine. Because I feel like in today's age, and you probably gonna hear us reference this throughout the, the, the entire conversation, but like 
social media has a perception, and we talked about this on the way in, like, money is money draws people in because it's a look like people love people the look respect money yes they respect that it, we're, we're getting so far away from the days of like principle um actual value and the people that actually hold you know real credible knowledge that's the part that's really missing from social media today we got people that are you know making ebook courses on things like how to become a millionaire <laughs> and they're telling you things that they've never really even accomplished or I don't have no credentials worth doing so a lot of stuff that we see on social media is definitely predatory and I wanted to commend you for um I guess like not falling victim to the instant gratification that we see I'm another person that likes to just lay low and build like I have talked to my girl all the time and she'll be like babe this video was really good like I think this is gonna be the one that like take off and I'll be like babe like Honestly, I'm not looking for a big takeoff. Like, I want to fall in love with the process of developing myself. Until I know how to work every portion of this camera or until I know how to edit down to the T of how I want to execute my vision from what I see in my head, um, until I uh, get comfortable speaking without a phone, just those little things of just trying to, like, refine my efforts, I don't want to blow up. I just want to learn how to just enjoy this with no expectation. And I feel like today, social media, it's created a narrative for kids and, like, young people that, like, you could just get anything and just do anything at the blink of an eye. Yep. And I feel like that's why people like yourself and other people that I know are really important because it's a lot of people becoming content creators, influencers, streamers, and they making money quick, but they ain't doing taxes. Nobody know like bookkeeping. Like It's just like a lot of unethical and predatory business practices. So yep. I think that's why more people need to know you and they need to take the approach, I'm not going to say they need to take the approach. People can do whatever they want. Right. But exactly. I'll say I'll buy you the approach that you're taking, even though that's not the popular one in today's climate. Yeah, it's, it's all about the long run, man. Like, um, anything instant for me, I I actually think is more riskier than thinking in the long term, right? You mm-hmm. may think, well, if I, you know, if I wait, if I wait, the, if I wait, you know, 20 years to, to take my time to build wealth. And it, actually, if you look at some of the people that actually have built wealth in this country, look at their average age of a millionaire or the average age of a billionaire. They're not 25, they're not 27. They're late, late 40s, early 50s, mm-hmm. because they they were in a period where they were you know, grinding in whatever they were building or whatever they were a part of, and that was their accumulation stage, right? And now you see them in this stage where the wealth, they have it, right? They're, they're able to go on trips and you know you see them live differently. I'm gonna take an example. I'm gonna take give you a person for an example. Look at the, look at Steve Harvey's trajectory. Mm-hmm. Most people get caught up in Steve Steve now because he's dripping. He got the drip now. He got the, the drip now. And yeah. before it, he used to it was terrible. Right. You know his suits used to be terrible. Big baggy. <laughs> but if you look at and he's in his sixties, right? Right. He's like I think he's about sixty between sixty and sixty two. And if you go back, he actually started in comedy or started doing that and correct me if i correct me if i'm wrong i'm thinking i want to say late 30s early 40s now that could be a little hyperbolic but i think that's right it was like his mid 30s yeah so if you notice he grinded from let's just call it 35 if that's Mm -hmm. the approximate age from 35 to about 55 where he started doing miss usa the pageants he's on uh, 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 he was on every talk show. I mean, every um, every game show. And I remember one time we like, dang, Steve just getting to a bag. Like yeah. he just every time you see him, he's on the TV, and I'm like, yo, what's up? He, now he's um the host. Uh, he's been a host for a little minute. Family Feud. Family Feud. Um, he and he actually has ownership rights in the Miss USA pageant stuff. Like he uh, like 
being able to like negotiate those type of now you can sit at home and smoke a cigar and give those motivational speeches to right. people because he's actually done the work. Right. Most people don't want to do the work. They just want the platform to be able to say, yo, this is how you do it. It's like right. you can't you can't do that. You got to what work dangerous. are you putting in? It's dangerous. It's sending a really hurtful message, bro. And before we go down the wormhole. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know me, man. Bring me back in. As y'all can see, Nas is very passionate about this stuff. I wanted to play a game real quick with you, bro. Okay. Just because, like you said, it's layers to your personality. You have a wealth of knowledge, but, bro, you are, like, a dynamic person. So, I had some help with this, you know, okay. from your lady, actually. Oh, so, damn. So, uh, let's go be this or that. <laughs> I had to go behind your back to figure out some information I like about that. you. I like that. I like that. That so, is a good one. I'm going to give you a series of options, and you got to choose between the options that I present to you. So, you can't bow out. you got to pick one of the options that Ooh, I give. Okay. And if you want to give an explanation of why you chose it, you definitely can. But Okay. Oh, this should be interesting. So, the first one is Jordan 1's. Or originally distinct. Hmm. Um. And where I am today, I'm going to go with the originally distinct. I respect that. Why is that? Because I feel like they're. I mean, and they and they are very similar in the style. Because they're very similar in style, right? Mm -hmm. So I can still get that 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 Jordan one look or feel. But just to the to be able to support a local creator, like the shirts that I wear now, like like this is a, a creator created this, right? I. I love being able to put um, use my dollars to go towards somebody that is striving to um, build a brand for themselves. We can easily go and get, and, I, and I'm not against like designer stuff. I got designer stuff in the closet, right. but I primarily like to support local creatives. So I feel like those shoes, I feel empowered knowing that somebody's, um, you know, because he's still in the infancy stages of like he's actually doing the design, mm -hmm. he's he's doing the shi like the shipping, he's he's the he's he's the everything about that project. Whereas another shoe like the Air Jordan, Michael Jordan has no he the design is out there. He's not right. in that run no more. Like figuring out like the the, the style of the shoe. They, right. they he has a whole team that does that and brings the shoe to him, and he may approve it or decline it. Um, so that that's why. And as you notice, I the, the jacket I, I wore in was also designed by Logan Creative. Bro, this was all intentional. I knew that oh, you oh, was going to oh, say oh. that. So that's why I put that <laughs> the in hat there. I got on right now. Logan you got to put the medicine and the candy to shine a light on uh, the Logan Creative. <laughs> okay, I see what you did there, man. Um, business travel or vacations? Whew. Um, I'm gonna go. Damn, I that's can't. Hard. <laughs> yeah, because like, I'm gonna be honest. I like uh. I'm gonna say business travel. Okay. And here's why. Me and my girlfriend have the ability to make a vacation anything. Mm -hmm. So like for example, like we 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 um we stayed at the W, right? Okay. We got a room and stayed at the W and just did just be, became tourists in the city. Now we've traveled, you know, internationally together, but I think, you know, those trips are great, but I love the creativity of when we're like making an experience out of something that somebody else wouldn't deem an experience, mm -hmm. but for us it's an experience because it's bigger than just being in Paris, looking at the Eiffel Tower that we, you know, that we visited. But it's like having an intimate time with each other and actually, you know, dating and, and having real conversation. I feel like a lot of people don't have conversation. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go business travel because when, when I'm able to go, I, and I've said this before to my girlfriend, I am my best self when I am able to have my cup full. If I feel like my cup isn't full, I can't be who I need to be to you, right? Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people get lost lost in that because they're so busy trying good, to, man. they're so so busy trying to make sure. And I remind my girlfriend this all the time: don't keep worrying about if I'm okay, right? Because you have a duty to protect your energy and yes. to make sure your glass is full. Because I'm not going to get the best you if not. 
So I feel like when I'm in that environment, like when I went to sep- when I went away for eight days in September, boy, I came back on fire. Yeah. Like I'm, I mean, I came back, uh, and, and every now and again, like consi- a consistency, like being consistent is a consistent process, right? Mm-hmm. So I came back, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know, I just felt rejuvenated, right. and like, I just felt like, yeah, what you want to go do? Like, what, oh, you just what you want to do? Oh, this, right. like I just felt like a new person, and I, I wouldn't have got that if I didn't go away, and I did it separately. Like I enjoy. And we both enjoy going on trips without each other mm-hmm. because we go, we learn something. I learned a lot and I'm coming back. I'm burning her ear out. And you're bringing more value. To yeah, exactly. So. so that's why I'm going to say business travel. That was a beautiful answer, bro. I like how you <laughs> spun that. <laughs> All right, this one, I don't know. This might be a little tricky, but mm. I'm going to say MX or Chase. Mm. I'm going to go, even though Chase... Chase Sapphire's on the rise, on the rise, um, especially, and they have a lounge that they're building at the Philadelphia International Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna go American Express, man. It is really, um, I've racked up points. Like I'm not one of, I mean, you see it, it's it's being highly advertised on social media now. Go get you an Amex, and um, you know, once you know, if you're only using it, it's, it's a 695. Oh, if you have the platinum card, it's a 695 annual fee. Mm-hmm. So if you're not actually using the card, you're not getting the perks that right. can help you justify paying almost $700 for a car, right? If you're not traveling to take advantage of the lounges, you could get lost. Like, I just feel like if 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 you're going to pick a credit card that you want to have, un- ensure that you are going to utilize it for the perks and not just to say that you have an American Express card. Right. Because that's going, that's going back to what we were just saying about people, you know, respect money and the, the amex platinum card is like this what highly glorified card but yeah. it's like these people not even you they're not even using the card to its advantage and um for me they're they're just a no they're just a no-brainer because i use literally every service that they have like um they pay for my um my global entry so like when i go through airports mm-hmm. i don't have to go through you know regular um you know check-in i can right. speed right through like when i was coming from california uh, the Uber made me late to the airport. My plane was about to leave in 30 minutes. I got through custom. I'm not custom. I got through the airport security in 10 minutes. TSA, yeah, yeah th- right through TSA in 10 minutes, man. So that was a perk, perk for them, and and um, they paid for Clear, which is if the global entry line is. Uh, so what it'll do is if the global entry line, because sometimes that line can be packed. Oh yeah. Clear will skip you all the way to the front. And then you can get in front back into your global entry line. So it's I crazy. Had a couple free trials of clear, so I definitely know what you told. <laughs> yeah, and uh, in Atlanta, in Atlanta Airport, they have it too. Yeah. Um, so I'm that's some of the reasons why I'm gonna go with the American Express card. Um, yeah. Okay. The next one is digital assets or land and property. Hmm. Hmm. I think that's going. So any per, any financial professional before they would ask you a question like that, I'm gonna have to throw out there that it depends. Okay. Um, because everybody's value isn't in real estate. And I've realized that um, throughout the years, like everyone's not interested in owning real estate. Some people just want to own a condo and or you know own a loft apartment, and that's that's just it for them. But for me, personally speaking, um, I like land. I'm going to go land and real estate. Um, I, not that I'm against digital assets. I think there is a space for that, and there is a portion of your uh, financial picture where that's going to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me... Um, it's going to be the land and the real estate. Got you. Sure. Entrepreneurship or nine to five? Mm. I'm trying to stretch you, man. <laughs> Very thin, man. Very thin. Oh man. And you know what? My my uh, <laughs> I I got I got humbled about that a couple times because I had to realize something. I was pushing. I don't like to push either one on the person, right? I think what you value. Everyone knows themselves. Like if you know you're not a somebody that's willing to give up 
weekends and 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 you know sacrifice not being able to go to the you know go out with your friends or your family that you know that may you may not be able to be an entrepreneur right um and some people cannot hug the cube like i cannot give my time up you know 40 hours a week and i gotta put in vacation time and get off and yeah you know uh nanny forcing me to come back in the office after they told me i was gonna be 100 percent remote uh these emails going back and forth this i'm waiting on this part like just all of the corporate dynamics i think some people may not like that me i th- i value entrepreneurship because um i understand something about uh our country it's built on capitalism right capitalism and and our and our tax code was built off of you know owning you know something like being a business owner being an entrepreneur our tax code is set up for small business owners i mean that's that's no secret right it's not set up for the the nine to five w2 person um intentionally but for me i think entrepreneurship uh for me just being able to I, so i i'm gonna backtrack a little bit on that because i want to clear this up so like futuristically if, if i want to have a family mm-hmm. and you your jobs your son is sick or your daughter's sick and you like oh i gotta go and they're like no we don't have nobody to you know, support you because you're leaving. Right. Somebody else got to be able to come and fill in. You're like, what? Yo, I'm telling you, my son has to go to the hospital. Right. Like, that'll make you quit that job instantaneously because they're not valuing, you know, what you value. And right. I think that's the important piece of, like, whether you're working a nine-to-five or being an entrepreneur, understand that the, that thing has to value what you value or you're going to come into, a like, a, a, a tough debate with it because um, it's, it's, it's not aligning with your life. So I think for either one, value, make sure the values align. Um, but I'm gonna go with entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, this one is a, a easier one, but it's catfish or shrimp. Oh, um, I know Takia definitely told you that. Um, <laughs> so I love shrimp, but it's just something about this catfish, man. It's a place, and I ain't even giving them a shout out, but I got you know Ooze and Oz in DC, man. If you're in DC, man, go check out Ooze and Oz. They got. Some of the best seafood I ever had in my yeah. life, and they catfish is crazy. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. You gotta make a trip to New Orleans, bro. Mm. bro that's the best catfish I ever had. I believe down, you. Bro. I believe like, you. The food down there, it, I'm gonna say the people from New Orleans might kill me for this, but it wasn't really much to do outside of going like to Bourbon Street and like I guess like touring the city. But them restaurants I went to, bro, like Creole food, like Haitian food, all that, like it, it's it's amazing, bro. Like it's Actually, a lot of mixtures food. of cultures down there, so. You gotta if you want some real good catfish, not to say that the one in DC wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Go go to uh, New Orleans. Bro. That's on the that's on the that's on the list to go places to go. But uh, I'm gonna definitely I'm gonna take catfish. But I'm a, I'm I'm a heavy resort to the shrimp bowl. All right, cool. Hove or Drake? Ooh, that's she another gave good one. one too. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go Hove, man. See, for me, I'm a little bit too philosophical when it comes to stuff like that, man. Cause like. Some some people might like Drake because like and Drake is amazing. Like yeah. don't get me wrong. Like he's 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 I'm gonna say he's like number five on my list. Mm-hmm. But he um Jay-Z represents um so much more to me than the music that he makes. Like a lot of that uh I value. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the things he values with not not even just like building wealth, because I think that's the easiest thing to say about him. Right. But like the ability to take nothing into something and to you know, give back. And I, one of the things I love about Jay-Z and Beyonce is nobody ever talks about their community service because you don't know about the community service because right. they don't want to be advertised about that. Right. They got a team. Yo, Tay, go organize this event, man. Here's here, The budget is $15 million. Y'all yeah. go and give back. They don't want to be in a spotlight for that. They just want to do good work. Right. And I value that because that's how I want to lead. Like, I don't want to be... Like, 
We was talking about this the other day. My bad, man. I keep going in the hole. No, you good, um, bro. I feel like people getting to know you. So, people um, have started to. We see this in our culture. People have. They don't. They want to be known for something. So right. the first thing some people resort to is being a community leader, mm-hmm. and because that will get them some type of social presence on yep. social media yep. to say that they're giving back. Yep. Um, and it's not that it's anything wrong. I think it takes a village to do all of the things that we need for our communities. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bigger than just economics and you know, um, uh, you know, uh, making sure people got shelter and food and things. It's, it's a lot that goes into that. Mm-hmm. So I know I don't want to be known. I don't want to be famous for being a community leader because that I, that doesn't even feel right to me. Why would right. I need to be famous for wanting to help a community? It help feels community? like exploitation. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. I and mean, we've seen a lot of people. Um, they they they. I can't even because I don't want to give specific examples because you know we get we get I might step on some toes, but like people just like you just gotta leave just leave with the work. That's all I can say. Like forget about. You know, like when I, I didn't even want to get the news involved for Philly Financial Literacy Week, but the people that were working with me, like, well, marketing, they were like, well, you got to do that. Cause, right. like, you know, and, and I purposely went to uh, PHL 17 because I needed to understand who their viewers were. Right. So once I understood who their viewers were, which were, which were single moms um, that were raising kids, and um, I think um, third, what was it, 40% of their, their audience was also African American. Um, because most people don't have access to cable, right. right? That are underserved. You gotta think about that, right? So that was a channel I knew that they were gonna have access to. Right. So uh, I went on and, and I did that because I I, I didn't want to do that, but I I was put like I was put in a situation because I was like I don't want to be I want somebody else to actually go in there and tell this story because right. like I don't like, I just want to lead the word and I want to keep getting people um keep getting people the help they want. So well, honestly, bro, it, it's important because it leaves a paper trail. Yeah. But also you can like reach more people and who knows like as you're building your portfolio up or one day it might be a documentary about you who knows mm-hmm. but you'll be able to go back and cite these specific moments of where the Very media true. was on you and also you just leverage those partnerships because I'm sure like from that it's probably somebody that you could call if there's something else that you're doing and you need to have that spotlight on you again so right, right, right. I think it's important to have it but just you just knowing like the reasons why you're utilizing those different tools and those resources okay so now that's a good point bro appreciate um, that ownership or stewardship hmm um and i'm gonna go stewardship because yeah i asked that because i always seen you over the years you said you wanted to help people become stewards of their their funds and their yep. assets so um i see a lot of people preaching ownership but the word stewardship i don't think i've really heard anybody talk about that outside of you i've heard it in a church setting but yeah in the financial room, I don't think I've ever heard nobody talk about it. Stewardship is important, man. You can't own something if you don't know how to be a steward of the, the thing that you own. Because you can own it, and then you can lose it. Because right. you don't have great stewardship. I think that is the foundation of um, not even just money. It could be a relationship. It could mm-hmm. be like anything that you're dealing with in life. If you have that foundation around, so how do I, if I have, because most people are like, oh, if I could just get $40,000, i am going to be great. I'm right. like, no, you don't. No, you're not. Because... In order to, to in order to manage more, you need to be a master of less, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get blessed um, by whoever your higher power is if you think that you are you just you know you're just going to get a windfall of a, of a hundred grand and that's going to change your life. Like some people, that's why people play a lottery. Like right. if I could just get that one break, and I've seen I've seen people win money and not do well with it, right. and they're right back in the same situation, still living the same type of life they've that they've um that they've been accustomed to living because they didn't have stewardship along the way like 
okay, let me sit down. Let me actually figure out. And it doesn't have like if you if you got fifty thousand dollars, like that's yeah, that's a lot of money, but it ain't a lot of money, right? right? But you need to figure out, all right, how do I put myself in position with this fifty thousand dollars to to you know turn it into five hundred thousand, turn that five hundred thousand to five million. And, and I'm not saying that I got some trick to show y'all because that's not what I'm advertising. Right. <laughs> but like literally, like when you look at it, um, like we're gonna bring up um, Wallow for for example, mm -hmm. like that video that surfacing when he was in that room talking about this thousand dollars and he mm -hmm. turned he said he's gonna turn it to hundred million. He actually did it, but it was through like actually putting in the work, leveraging the connections that he had. Um, but like I feel like people, again. Going back to the, the, the question you asked, like stewardship is the ability to um, understand the complexities that exist within the thing that you are trying to pursue, right? So if it's if it's if it's finances, mm -hmm. like understanding the psychology of money, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's like really important. Like we, we make emotional like decisions more than we 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 know it. And like I I, I myself, I'm a big sneakerhead, like mm -hmm. really really big, and like. I had to delete like the sneakers app and the goat the goat um goat app because I felt myself like like oh I need like it was a new pair of sneakers I couldn't yeah, one of yeah. my sneakers I got to go to goat right and that's like my that's that's that that was like one of my biggest like hurdles was like yo you got to you got to chill because I got like I got a good I got a good pair of, uh, a, a nice collection of sneakers and like understanding that that's not showing a good stewardship because it's mm -hmm. you got to like I said being consistent is a consistent process and every day you're not going to get it right but you got to continue to try to strive to do your best to try to get it right is, is what i would say i had a couple more of those bro but i think your last point led directly into where i want to take the conversation so i've mentioned this story a couple times on social media but i feel like i would love for people to just hear it and to know it um but you are a, a big component in helping me to change the relationship that i have with money today bro and like I said, me and Nas, we happened to meet about four or five years ago now. Yeah. And this was around the time period where I had recently transferred to Temple um, in Philly. Um, I had got a scholarship, you know, so that was able to, like, pay for my education. So I kind of felt like I had, like, a second opportunity at life to where I'm like, dang, I don't have no debt from school. You know, all my debt is clear. I don't have to pay for nothing. I could just focus solely on academics but also my purpose. So it's like, how can I be smart and best utilize the opportunity that I have in front of me? So I'm like, I can't mess this up. Like, I got to change my relationship with money. So around that time period, you know, me and the guys, uh, you know, we flirted with the idea of starting a business. We had an LLC that didn't work out for whatever reason. But that just goes to show, like, where my mind was at at that time period of, like, how can I best maximize the opportunity that I have? So in the conversations of learning about real estate and um, everything that I was learning about money, I realized and I knew for a long time that I had to fix my credit. Mm -hmm. So early on in college, um, you know, I feel like that's a lot of that's the time period where a lot of these big credit bureaus they market themselves to young adults. Uh, when you go to college, especially if you're from a low income family, that is a really vulnerable state in your life in mm -hmm. terms of like just trying to make ends meet and survive day to day. So when I was up at college, I was ordering Chinese food every single week ordering Chinese. I think at one point I bought a PlayStation, but mind you, bro, my line of credit for the Discover card was only $500. Mm -hmm. So at first it started out good. When you just order in Chinese, the 10, 15, it yeah. add up, but I was able to pay off. But I think at the time period, I was looking at credit as I had 500 extra dollars than what I had in my pocket. And I, I think that was the wrong way to look at it. So 
because of that, I maxed out my credit card and I couldn't pay it back, bro. Like it had accrued so much debt that it went into collection. So mm-hmm. I would get the letters from all the different states to my grandma's <laughs> for years, bro. That's from my freshman year all the way up to my junior year. And I knew that if I was to move forward to this next chapter of my life, I'm like, I got to find a way to get rid of this debt. So um, I think one of the steps I took, I reached out to Nas. And one thing I love about you, bro, and one thing I love about this story is I'm always a person that I feel like I see talent before it's like at the world. But also, like, I love utilizing the strengths of people that's in my community. So if I got a person that I know that does taxes, why would I not go to them and keep our dollars circulating in our community or just even like our intellectual abilities? Like why not utilize each other's strengths? So I'm like, let me go talk to Nas. And we met at Uncle Bobby's, which is owned by Mark Lamont Hill in Germantown, a black owned coffee shop and library. And we sat down for like, I say it was like two or three hours. That was one of the first, I think that was the first time we met outside of the mixer. And Nas sat me down. You had a haircut that time, too. I did. <laughs> and I was hooping. I had much better knees at that time. But Nas just sat me down, and he just gave me a whole rundown on credit. And at that time period, I had no idea of the five factors that impact your credit. So we went through those things one by one. He didn't sell me a dream of, you know, what was going to happen. He gave me a concrete plan with steps that I should follow. Um one of those, the first thing was understanding the five factors and how they impact, impact my credit. The next thing was getting a secure credit card, which I had never heard at to that point because I kept getting denied from credit cards because I tried to get another one because I mm-hmm. thought it was going to help me pay off the debt. Um, so I got a secure credit card and he told me like, yo, keep this under 30%. Make sure you make your payments on time. But most of all, what I got from that conversation is it just opened my mind to like how money like actually works. And... I followed Nas' plan for, I think, like, a year or two after that. Um, I was able to, like, get my debt, like, settled. I reached a settlement or whatever with the collections. And my credit, like, skyrocketed up. So I think I got a secure credit card of, like, $200. And that lasted me for, like, two some years. I made my payments 100% of the time. I tried to keep my rate as low as I possibly could. And today... I got an Apple card, I got an Amex, yeah. I got multiple credit yeah. cards, and my credit Talk, is talking. over a 700. And that yeah. beca- it, it came from the steps and the conversation that I had with you. So it wasn't no miracle. You educated me. You placed the accountability back on me. Like, this is what you can do. I don't know what it's going to do to your credit, but if you take these steps and be responsible, be disciplined, and be a steward of your money, this is what could happen. So I always wanted to commend you for that, bro, because you did that as... I think you were you still were a student or might have been one year removed from yeah. college. Like yeah. we were students. That's like such a like life altering step that you helped me make, bro. So I just wanted to say I appreciate you and from that it really just made me just want to continue to educate myself and learn more and I look at money totally different. It's actually funny, bro, because during that time period when I was at Temple, I'm a sneakerhead, bro. Everybody knows me, they know I love sneaks, bro. <laughs> like um bro, I was wearing vans and I think Chuck's at the time. Okay. And my homies, it looked weird because they know, like, Tay, like, he really, like, he into fashion. Like, he loved, he loved copping all the new days, bro. I was so, like, I was so dedicated and focused to what I was doing, bro, that, like, I gave away all my J's. Bro, I had Chicago ones. That's, like, one of the rarest pair of actually, Jordans ever. I actually won those recently. You just got them? The yes, new ones? Damn. Bro. But, like, stuff like that, bro, like, that's, I'm like, I can't wear J's no it's more. Like, kid. I can't. 
I can't go shop at Nordstrom and like I can't do all those things no more. And I stopped doing it, bro. I went cold turkey. And it, it set me up to make a move to where I could leave my hometown after college mm-hmm. with no debt from school. My credit is in a good position and I could enter this chapter of my life feeling free. And for, for some reason, bro, I've learned that over the past couple of years, I think when you change your relationship with money, it changes every other aspect of your life. You start looking at like, how am I eating now? How am I taking care of my body? Or like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to get this food, I'm going to get the best possible food as opposed to getting something quality. that is not the highest of quality for my body. So I know that was long-winded, but I really mm-hmm. just wanted to tell you that that was like a crucial moment of me like changing the relationship that I had with money. And I always remember that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thank you for giving my flowers there. Yeah, I think um, for anybody like that's out there, like you got to understand something about credit. Um, and I'm not sitting here saying that I um, offer credit repair services or any of that stuff. Cause I don't, y'all. Um, I can I can definitely give you the resources that because I feel like back to what you were saying, you got to understand credit before you try to repair it because you can repair something, but not understand what you just repaired or not even understand the dynamics of what is going to actually keep you from being in a position where you got to repair it again, right? right. Um, that's the biggest part is that self education, self education. Don't just pay just to get a, a quick fix, right? right. That, that instant gratis, um, um, gratification. Gratification. Thank you for helping me with that word. Um, you got to put the work in to understand what that is, like what credit is, and then you can take those other steps because now you are a better steward of credit because of understanding, all right, what's going to help me you know, maintain a good credit score and how do I actually get a good credit score? Right. But going back to that, it's a very, very piece, good piece here. Credit is not an extension to your wallet, right? It's not an extension to your wallet. So if you understand that, you will keep yourself out of credit card debt. Now I get it, right? I'm, I'm, I had my first uh, credit card in college. I had a five hundred dollar Discover card. That's what I had. That's that was probably one. The, Discovery and Capital One is probably the easiest two credit cards to get while you're in college, right. right? Unless you were added as an authorized user on your parents or some other, you know, um, member of your family mm-hmm. that wanted to support you along that journey. Because um, I had a friend who, um, when her her sister graduated high school. She actually added her as an authorized user on her um, Chase Sapphire card. And when her sister graduated, her sister you know, had it like almost 800 credit score. Because throughout those four wow. years, she uh, smart. all the credit was building up. So, um, yeah, I, I maxed out my card uh, in the beginning. And, and this is like, this is all like true testaments. Like, the card was maxed out. Um, I felt the need to like... Oh, I ain't got the, I ain't I ain't got no money to be paying this back. Like, cause I didn't understand that element. Now, and, and one of the biggest things for me, like being so ahead of the curve, was literally months later I got my first job in financial services. I was mm-hmm. a part-time teller at a bank, and that was like that was college to me, man. Because right. like I was learning it, but then like this is like I'm applying it. I'm looking at people, you know, how they transact within their accounts. I'm listening to the level of conversations amongst you know, advisors or bankers or managers. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, like, soaking this all up. It was a new world for me. And, um, you know, when I look at when I look at the way people look at credit is they, they look at it like, well, damn, I don't have $1,000 to pay this bill. I'm going to just put it on this card, and then I'll pay it back later. Right. But what you don't understand within that behavior is now you've just opened the door for that to continue. Right. Because the next time you don't have $1,000... And another two weeks, another bill is coming up. You owe a thousand dollars. Guess what? You still ain't paid the other thousand. Now you like, oh no, I can put this thousand. It's cool because I'm gonna pay it back. Right. 
before you know it, you done created this consistent bad habit because you never, you, you didn't check yourself from the door. I don't have a thousand dollars. No, this, this ain't an extension. Unless you know, all right, I'm about to spend a thousand dollars, but I get paid or some income is about to come from somewhere that's about to, that's about to pay that off, right? right? Um, sometimes you got to do that because sometimes people have too much month at the end of their money. Right. So they pay, their paycheck doesn't cover all of their, their bills, but you know that, you know, you, you got a bonus coming up. Say that again though, bro. Um, I feel so, like that went, over, that went over if it was this. <laughs> some people have too much month mm. at the end of their money. Damn. So like, I've never heard that before. Yeah. So like, people, the the a lot of some people have a, they don't have like individuals working a, a nine to five don't just necessarily have a cash flow issue. They just we're gonna go back to stewardship. Mm -hmm. They they're just not being a good steward of money, right? Um, like you said, you may not. Now I wouldn't. I, I don't. You crazy man, you got them them, them ones, man. Know, them, them Chicago look, ones, man. That's the one Jules I probably would have hold on to. This day, bro. <laughs> All I got is pictures, man. Yeah, man. That's a good pair, man. Uh, but anyway, I had to go back. I had to say that. But um no, so like just understand, like just to recap on that, you 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 have to really get to the base level of what your relationship is with money. Sometimes you don't know you inherit bad relationship with money because your parents, whoever raised you. They had bad relationships with money, right? When I first got my first credit card, I got a credit card because somebody in my family told me, oh, you need a credit card. That was it. Oh, yeah? Okay, yeah, Discover will approve you. Okay, <laughs> approved. Right. They never told me that I was going to pay the bill back. So I remember like it was yesterday. I had a girlfriend at the time. I was in high school. I mean, not high school. I was uh, post-high post school yeah. in college. I had a girlfriend at the time. I'm... I'm like, damn, baby, what you want tonight? You gonna eat good tonight? I got 500 on me, baby. Like, where you wanna go? So we we going out to restaurants, swipe. I mean, swiping. I'm I'm thinking I'm Cam. Like, damn, this is how America is. You can get credit and just use it. <laughs> so then the bill came in. I'm like, what's this? <laughs> they talking about something. You owe us 450. I said, what? So I went back to that family member. I said, yo, you ain't tell me that I had to pay this back. He said, yeah, man, you gotta pay that back. I said, what the hell? He said, just make the minimum payment. I said, oh, the, minimum, the minimum payment is $35. So I'm like, all right, I got that. I paid the $35, but guess what? I needed that $35, so I was right back at the store swiping it again, yeah. right? Uh, so, like, at that point, I had become, uh, I had replicated what I was told and taught mm -hmm. from somebody who didn't understand. They might have had the greatest intentions by telling me, yo, you need a credit card, because they were essentially trying to tell me, I need to build some credit history. But they didn't explain any of the other parts. So I had to learn yeah. through trial and error in the beginning. But then once like, my world got exposed to this new place that I was working in, it, it was over. Because now I shifted and I was able to really like uh, like get a, get in control of it. And then it still took time because like, I still was young. I was eight, uh, 19, 20, 19 when I first got my, uh, when I got that job um, as a part-time teller. So like, you, you just, like sometimes people learn through trial and error. That's what got me passionate about wanting to help people because yeah. like, you don't need to keep learning through child and ever. Like sometimes we gotta stop. We we gotta stop ourselves in the midst of what we about to do, so that way we can make the best and informed decision, right. and not just trying to jump into something. Right. So like now it's it's like I always tell people. Like I had a conversation with um uh, with uh with my girlfriend's nephew, and he was talking about like college, and he was like, well what, I don't even know what I want to do when I want to go to college, and I'm like, all right, well you you you're a sophomore, you'll learn, mm -hmm. you know, you'll get you'll figure you'll figure something out in the next couple of years. But I said if you haven't figured it out by your senior year, maybe you need to take a break for the first two years so you can figure that out because right. you're about to give away 30 grand to go and 
and do something that you probably not going to want to do. Right. And I, I think those conversations need to happen more in, in amongst households. It's like I'm not I'm not not promoting people to go to college, but I'm promoting people to make informed financial decisions because you are going to you're, you're getting ready to like this isn't cheap. Like you about to go spend some money yeah. to go get a quality education wherever you go. And you may not even be passionate about the space that you created work in. I want to stop you right here, bro, yeah. because I think you touched on a couple of things. I think because of the lack of financial literacy in a lot of underserved communities, it creates this cycle of like dependence on money, and like mm-hmm. a lot of it leads us into a state of like debt. Um, but also, you you touched on like just like the power of money. Like money has the power to impact like so many areas of your life, and I think. Once you understand it, I think it will forever, like, change your relationship with it. Because, to be completely honest, bro, like, when you don't have money, like, I think it fuels, like, a lot of, like, what we see in our communities. I think people are hungry. I think people are starving. And people want, like, opportunity. Like, and I think it's hard to have an abundant mindset when you don't have money as well. Because growing up where we grew up, bro, like, you know, that's one perspective. We got parents that, like, they put credit or put bills in their kids' name before you even are old enough to yep. like even have something. Then when you you turn eighteen or twenty one, whatever, and you start looking into those things, you find out your credit messed up, and you like, how I didn't even know how this happened. And you find out. Pico. Then like, your parent tells you, oh, like you know, when you was younger, you know, I put this in your name or whatever the case. And then you got to clean up a mess that yep. you know somebody else made. Yep. And then I've had exposure to the other side as well. Like I've got mentors who are millionaires i got mentors who are extremely wealthy and i see how money is kind of like i don't want to say like it's like nothing to them but it's just kind of like it's more like an energy like mm-hmm. money is like a it's like a tool um it is a tool That's exactly and it, it helps you think from like an abundant mindset like when yep. you have it and you can meet all of your needs like it really will like it just changes a lot for you so i'm happy to have like both perspectives but like once i educated myself and I learned the power of money. I could definitely say, my girl would tell you, I'm like, a, I'm very much like a stickler now. I'd be like, yo, this is the this the five next five years we got to do this, or the next six months this is how we gonna break down the money. And I even try to empower her to like yeah, educate you have money conversations. Yeah, we, we really do. Oh man, I, I gotta touch on that for a second. That's a component of what I got from you. That's though. so valuable, bro. People that are in, I see. Oh man. I can't even begin to like put all the words together in my mind, but just to say at least like couples, spouse, like people that are married, people that are just in relationships, like, whatever stage you are, you need to have money conversations mm-hmm. because most people, they, they're in there. I, I know people that are married that literally the way they ma- manage their money, they pay their bills and they don't talk about, you know, they don't talk about anything else. Oh, yeah. the Pico bill had to be paid or the water bill got to be paid or, or the mortgage got to be paid or mm-hmm. rent, whatever. After that, they don't they don't have any financial goals together. Me and my girlfriend literally we have financial conversations all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we literally had this conversation the other day. Couples don't be having financial goals outside of mm-hmm. buying a home together and getting married. Yep. They have no other goal financial goals together. So after those two things kind of get checked off, it's like, all right, cool. As long as you're paying your bills, I don't care what you like, like that is like that's like financial suicide at that point. Cause like yeah. you telling me that y'all making as a as a as a household, y'all could be potentially bringing in you know two three hundred thousand dollars when you combine both of your incomes, or or even more depending on what um what your your income looks like, mm-hmm. and you're not sitting there having these type of conversations yeah. like beyond just like babe, let's buy a house and get married. Like there are going to be way bigger events because if you if you really embody, especially amongst millennials, we 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 keep using this word generational wealth. It's like what the hell are you actually doing 
to, to, to manifest or yeah. put yourself in a position where you're going to, you know, leave generational wealth. Most definitely, bro. And for the viewers, my girlfriend is in the background, so she'll tell you, like, on one of our first dates, what did I ask you, babe? You can say it. They're they going to hear you. What did I ask you? You asked me what my plan was. Like. I asked her, what was her financial plan? Like, that was just Damn, one of them. I'm man, like, I applaud y'all you, for that. I'm like, what do you envision, like, for your future? That's and um, I just kind of wanted to know, like, what she was thinking. And, like, That's I wanted to understand question. a little bit more about, like, her relationship with money. And it wasn't to, like, put pressure on her. Like, I was fine. I told her, I'm like, I'm okay with you saying, like, you don't know. Yeah. But I know that the next time we talk about that, your, your answer is not going to be... Yeah, we're going to talk about like, this. We're going to talk about this. And it was an uncomfortable conversation because I don't even think she really envisioned, like, what kind of lifestyle do you want to have? Like, that's thinking from a place of abundance. Like, you really have to envision it first so all your steps can fall in accordance with what you see in yep. your mind. So we talked about all of that, and I told her, I'm like, I want it to be, like, in the event that anything happens to me, God forbid... Uh, whether it's a breakup or, you know, something more tragic. Like, that's we got to be real about certain things. Mm -hmm. You are able to sustain. Like, I want you to, at the end of this, like, whatever the end is, I want you to be better than when you came in. And I don't want you to be tied to, like, a man. One of my homegirls in the past, she, she was a financial planner. She worked at a wealth management firm. She was like, a lot of women don't have a financial plan. She was like, a lot of women their financial plan is having a man. So they never they never even had to think about money because mm -hmm. their whole goal was, I'm going to just date a guy with money. Mm -hmm. And what we see happens is these guys treat women, excuse my French, they treat them like shit because they have all the power, they have all the control. If somebody is determining your whole lifestyle with their salary or their income or whatever the case may be, like what incentive does that give them to treat you right? It shouldn't be like that, but in a lot of cases, like that's what we happen to see. And when she said that, I was like, damn, like, we see that a lot now. Like, yep. girls is ugging on the scamming ass, renting that, whatever the case may be. Like, that's, the, that's what's being put. So I always tell my girl, and I don't know if she appreciates it fully right now, but I know at the end of the road, like, I'm just like, I want to give you as much game and as much, much knowledge about money to where I don't want it to look like you dating a boss or he just got, like, a pretty woman under his arm. I want you, want it to be two bosses. I want you to take the steps to educate yourself about money, whether it's finding, like, a group of black women that are, um, they talking about credit. It's, we see podcasts about finance and it's leading, it's led by black women. We see all of these different avenues for people to learn about money. Mm -hmm. So I always just try to push her in the direction of, like, this is what you need to do to, like, or what you could do to, like, build yourself up in that way, man. And, like I said, I don't know if it's working or if it means anything, but I just feel like I want to do my due diligence because I feel like it's the right thing to do. It's all about the seed planting, though, man. So that's mm -hmm. that's like I commend y'all like wholeheartedly for that because it's it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, and sometimes you guys may need to because uh, you guys both are biased about what you guys believe right. when it comes to how you want to enhance your finances. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you may even have to hire a financial professional to be able to help you mm -hmm. um, navigate that uh, and take it to, to to the next level. But you guys are doing the exact, the thing I think every person in a relationship should be doing is um, having those conversations. And like we, like I said, I, I have those conversations very often. Mm -hmm. I mean, to the point sometimes my girlfriend's like, all right, like, like Sorry. just chill, like because I because I'm so serious about that because one of the things I won't do is I don't want her to be, um, uh, like I'm I'm and we talked about this in the beginning too of how like the shift in like like how you guys like split you know mm -hmm. expenses right it was fifty fifty like we do this thing now and, and some people may you know find it helpful or not but like she's our the way I look at our relationship is 
she's her she's an individual and I'm an individual, mm-hmm. right? And the way I look at it is until we're married, you need to you need to um we, we gotta be we gotta meet halfway with everything. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we couldn't be we could potentially not be together, right? And somebody may have felt like they've given more than the next person. And I don't mm-hmm. want you to feel like that. I don't want to feel like that. So my whole philosophy on that was just like, all right, like we don't split a bill when we go out to eat. Like we take turns. Like if it, I treat it last time, she'll treat. Like because right. it just feels like because I was in a relationship before, and, I, and I'm saying this where I was like 100% like the guy. Yeah. Like and and I know what that made me feel like and how it um, put a strain on my on my finances. And I didn't want to live. I didn't want to live like that. And I'm I'm talking about 100% not even like no effort on the other side. Yeah. So I ain't no talking about the Michelle Obama like this is gonna be a shift because yeah. it, it was never a shift. It was never a shift back right. to the other side. So like now we have like. And, and it's not like a, a ego thing either because most guys are like no my girl my lady go out I'm gonna pay every time we go out it's like that's cool but I want her to feel like like I want her to feel empowered that she can pay for dinner for us as well not right. just like oh I'm the man and you you just sit there and eat and look pretty like nah like you, we're we're in this together and I think um, that also like for me it brings us a different it brings a different dynamic to our relationship because the fact that you made an effort to make plans for me to you know for us to have dinner and you're and you're paying for it it, it just does something for me. Um, we're that, very similar in that aspect, bro. Like we do the same exact thing. Yeah. And I don't think we ever really like talk about the taking turns thing. And more so, just should be like, no, I got it, babe. Yeah. And it just turned into that like over time. But I think um, like a lot of the conversations that you seem to be having with your girl and a lot of the practices, we kind of like have those too. So it's, it's it's good, man. Like at the end of the day, I want her to be an individual and me to be an individual that brings together our love, resource, yep. everything yep. to 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 create something you know, uh, something whole and, uh, not just somebody who, you know, like, I just want to be the man and you, you could just be the stay at home wife. No, that is not a purpose. That right. is not, you do not have an identity tied to that. Like, I don't desire to ever have my wife be a stay at home. Like, no, you, yeah. I want you to, you, you go out and create what you want your life to be about. Um, cause you're bigger than a wife. You're bigger. You're going to be bigger than a mom. Yep. You're be bigger than all of those things. You are, you know, who you are at the end of, at the, end of the day. So. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great segue into the next point. In the interest of time, bro, I'm sorry I didn't get to this faster, but yeah, I really just wanted people to like learn more about you. So, like, if somebody asked you, like, who is Nasir, or like to tell your story, like, how would you describe that? And like, what are some of the steps that you took to like get to where you are today? Yeah. So, um, I'm not gonna give you my LinkedIn version. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really a. Um, I'm I want you to start from Philly too, bro. Like I'm saying, like schools or like what kind yeah, of stuff, so, everything. Yeah, man. So I grew up in inner cities of Philadelphia. Um, I've lived every part of Philadelphia except South Philly. Okay. Um, we, for for all the obvious reasons, like my family, we had to keep moving. Like we didn't have money, and certain certain situations arose, and we had to like um, leave one place. My dad went to the military. And then I had to um, move my mom in, in, in North Philly, and, and then we uh, I moved back with my grandma, and we lived in um, uh, right off of City Line Avenue. And then I lived in Uptown. I would call Uptown where I was like raised, because once okay. I reached to like 14, I was pretty much Uptown the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but throughout those experiences, I like went to I went to five different schools, four different schools. Wow. Um, so I was, I've always been on the move. Um, and I think that's a testament to how like I operate now in life. Like I can't sit still a long time. Like 
if I'm, I, I can't, like, as much as I, sometimes I tell myself I'm going to just sit in the house today and I, I end up going somewhere because I just, I got to, <laughs> I can't just be sitting here, like, something got to give, like, let's right. just go to the park if it's nice out and just be there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, man, so, like, inner city guy, uh, learned a lot through trial and error. I seen a lot growing up. Um, very, very humble beginners, man. Like, my mom, you know, had to go back to get her GED to, the, to that point, right? Like, um, my father went to the military because he was hanging out in uh, the nice town section of Philadelphia, which um, in those times were, and it's still to this day, like not an area that you want somebody to be in. And a lot of his friends were being killed and, and locked up. So my grandma was like, listen, you need to figure something out with yourself. And my dad's dad was like in and out of prison. Mm -hmm. So my dad ended up going to the military, which changed his whole life and right. was able to afford him to get an education and and um, put him in a position. And a few years ago, he actually um, bought his first bought his first home um, with his using a VA loan. And what's funny is my dad wasn't a steward of his money, wasn't a steward of credit. Um, I actually added my dad's an authorized user and put him in a position to be able to buy a home. So it was just like, it was it felt good. And he thanked me like being able to say, yo, I really appreciate that. Like you helped me. Cause I, I, I felt like it was my duty to then take a lot of the information I was learning um, and applying it to my family dynamic and uh, showing my family the way. And, you know, that's a gift and a curse because now, I mean, they call me about Every everything. Thing. <laughs> nah, so, well, what do you think about this? And I, I'm like, yo, like, I'm about to start invoicing y'all. Yeah. This ain't just, like this. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm going, I'm in the middle of going to an event where I'm in the car just trying to like get my mind ready for where I'm going. And yeah. they calling me with these questions and they want an instant answer. And I'm like, it depends. And I got to backtrack. I got to ask a lot of information. But I've literally been able to help my family all become you know they all desire to be homeowners i've been able to do that um yeah it, so like I, I think at the root of it all like um i'm matriculated through a couple schools like i said graduated from parkway center city mm -hmm. uh attended uh penn state abington um where i studied finance and like i've, I've worked in the financial services now um for like the past um, it's, it'll be 10 years next year mm -hmm. Um, and it's interesting yeah. because I'm making a, because uh, I started at 19. I, I'm sorry. I was 18, turning 19. I walked into a bank. I saw a banker. Because, okay, so let me fast. Let me let me backtrack. I'm sorry. I'm skipping it. So I saw, in, in the inner cities of Philadelphia, and you, 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 you can definitely attest to this, mm -hmm. you model what you see, right? If if all you see making it out of the hood is is, is entertainers uh, uh, and, and sports individuals, you think that's your way out the hood. You don't know that there is nothing else out there that you can do besides that. So I remember in high school, we used to do um, uh, career day. Mm -hmm. And I was on a committee, so I got to walk the people in, take them to the class that they were going to. And I got assigned to this guy that was in um, commercial banking. Okay. And it was a black guy, came in with a suit, pulled up in a Mercedes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa. Like, I ain't, I ain't never seen a black... <laughs> Wait, he... I'm like, so what do you do? I'm walking him in like, so what do you do? He's yeah. like, oh, I'm in commercial banking. I was like, okay. So I walked into the room. He, uh, you know, gave his speech to the class and did his lesson. And then when I'm walking him out, I'm like, listen, can we stay connected? Can I get your business card? I followed up with an email. And I still got the email to this day on my phone. Yeah. The punctuation was bad. It was no, no comments. It, yeah. it was awful. But it was just a guy that was passionate about wanting to be better. And I think right. that was the intent of it. And um, I was like, man, I don't know what you do in commercial banking. Right. But I need to be doing it because I want to dress in a suit and I want to drive a Mercedes, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I still don't own a Mercedes, but um, I dress in a suit and um, I've been really privileged to um, make a great income and be able to really expand my knowledge. That was like, for me, that was like the biggest, the biggest thing um, working in banking has done for me is my knowledge and, and the connections. And mm -hmm. over the years, 
I read this book by John Hope Bryant, who is a virtual mentor for me. Um, I don't know him personally. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually followed me on Instagram like three years ago, and I was like, like buzzing out of this world because yeah. like you know how it is, and you chasing that person that. You've been watching for like that's just like Nipsey Hussle following you, I was man. Just about you, to say that, you'd have been crying, like <laughs> you'd have been crying, man. Like what? Like just to get that, I was I like, look at that what? every day, <laughs> bro. I, I got the screenshot saved in my phone because like that dude, like hearing him speak um, and talk about uh, like the intersections of like of 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 wealth and and also community, mm-hmm. it empowered me and it gave me some skills that I needed. Um, to be able to walk in the way the, the light that I walk into that into the um today. But um yeah, so uh, I say all that to say like I'm I'm really at the end of the day, I love talking about economics and I love empowering people to take control of like their financial their financial lives, but I like to have fun. I like to travel. I'm a regular dude outside of that. Um like I I don't know if I don't put an image on, on social media because I still try to I try to balance it. Right. Um but I'm I'm just a, a dude that's just really striving for success and wanting to help people around me. Um, I never have any type of hidden agendas with people. I genuinely I do this thing on Thursday, and you talked about this. Uh, we was talking about this either before we got on or or uh, as we was on. But I do this thing on Thursdays where I send out a voice memo to 15 people in my contacts, and I just give them a, a message of saying something about them and what what I appreciate about them and what they mean to the world. I still ain't get mine. And yeah, so you you on the list, man. Just appreciate you know, in due time, because <laughs> uh, I wanted to feel genuine. Because now that you just brought it up, man, you might have been on the list for this Thursday, but now I gotta I gotta go to the list and probably move you out a little bit. But I do that intentionally because hearing hearing, especially people that you don't get to talk like I don't talk to you every day, so right. like. Hearing somebody shoot you a voice memo, they were thinking about you, and they gave you something in a moment where you probably needed to hear that. Yeah. Um, just takes it just helps take them to another level. Mm-hmm. Like people sent me bad voice memos, maybe crying or like just telling me they really appreciate they needed to hear that. It gave them a kickstart to, you know, sort of get going on what they were trying to get, set out to accomplish. So I do that because like nobody ever like I'm a big I give a lot of love, mm-hmm. and I think the reason why is because. Um, that was a lack of like I didn't have that like amongst amongst my homies or amongst like uh, you know people I grew up with in high school and nobody ever gave love like that was always the thing like oh no we ain't gonna do that that's that's not cool they don't look mm-hmm. cool it's like no I, I tell my friends and they still like grind me up a little bit but I'm like no man you gotta give your flowers man because one of y'all could not be here today or tomorrow man right. if you ain't get to tell that person that what you felt you know that that travels with you, you know that could affect your mental health. So like I'm big on just sharing love, man, and um, just wanting to see everybody win. That's that's really how, and that's why I do the work that I do because I naturally want to see people win at their finances because mm-hmm. I've been gifted enough um, with the skill that I think is valuable to the world. That's what I believe my um, superpower is: is being able to help people um, achieve you know financial success. That's my goal. Um, so I got two quick questions, bro. Yeah. If there was a one-liner that you would use to describe yourself, what would that be? And if there was a personal finance ecosystem of what people should be paying attention to outside of credit, because I feel like we know about our salary from work and we know about, um, you know, credit. But what about maybe like life insurance or 401k? So if there was a personal finance ecosystem of things that people could start educating themselves on, what would that be? Yeah. So your first question was um, the one liner. Like how would you describe nice? Um, steward of life. What I would say, because um, like I said, the word stewardship it has a bigger meaning than just what it means to finances. It's mm-hmm. a stewardship of like 
you know, having discernment, um, having wisdom when you're making decision. And if you get the decision wrong, being able to, you know, pivot and, and try to, um, you know, clean up that, that the mess you could have made or trying to like, uh, you know, move forward, learning that lesson. Cause I don't, I, every failure for me that I've had, and then I continue to have are lessons, mm -hmm. um, that help me move forward. So I would say steward of life. And then for, for your second question, I, I, I like to start with some of the basic stuff, right? I, I, you, you, there's no rule like when you are trying to manage your finances rule of thumbs don't fit because a rule of thumb is a rule of thumb but your financial picture may not allow that rule of thumb to exist within mm -hmm. it right so uh, when it comes to your personal finances I think you should have between 6 to 12 months of expenses saved up mm -hmm. I'm conservative so I'm going 12 months I need a year right especially for people that lost their jobs during COVID, where they're out of work for an entire year, if you had your if you had your expenses saved up for an entire year, when you got laid laid off, can you imagine how much you know um, solace you would have knowing like, all right, I'm good for a year because I I I prepared, right. and that doesn't mean that you're not going to put in the work to try to find some other way to you know, you know create income, but like being able to have you know six to twelve months of expenses saved up um, again, and then making sure that you, uh, you you do have the proper insurance coverages in, right? Um, you know, obviously we know health insurance is important. It's an important element, um, making sure that you have life insurance. Uh, I would also encourage people to have uh, disability insurance, whether it's through your employer or whether it's, um, you know, uh, you, you purchased it through a broker or some outside source. Okay. Um, a lot of people don't, like, when you're married and you don't protect, you gotta figure out, you guys are accumulating the income. How do you protect the accumulation of income? So if you don't have disability and you get hurt, Right, like you, you heard you tore your ACL, right, and a couple other ligaments in your in your, in your leg, and you were out of work for a year, right, um, and you weren't able to take an FMLA, and as a result, you lost your job. How do you protect the income that you and your wife have coming in, or your or your, or your girlfriend, um, so that way it doesn't put a financial strain on her or the or him to be able to you know try to provide to keep up with the expenses you right. have. So protecting protecting that income through having some disability insurance is is a, is a key part. Um, Obviously, we know why life insurance is important. I don't really think I need to explain that. Um, health insurance is, an, is another one. Um, I'd also take a look at, too, once you get to that point where you have some of your income, like you have 12 months of, exp I'm, I'm going to keep saying it because that's, I like, to, I'm like, 12 months makes me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but you can go six months. Some people go three months. I need 12. Um, I just feel like it gives me more time. Uh, but going back to that point, I think once you have that 12 months of expenses saved up, you need to figure out, all right. How can I start allocating some of this extra money into some type of investment, right? Because you need to start, you, you can't just have it sitting in the bank, right? You got your emergency savings sitting there, right? Um, that's that's easily, you know, it's liquid and it's accessible. But if you start to, let's, you know, let's just say you got you got that saved. Now you got $5,000 in discretionary income coming in. Mm -hmm. You need to figure out, all right, well, how can I actually deploy some of this money so that I can start to, you know, build on um, build on the the, uh, the generational wealth track that I want to have. And right. again, that looks different for everybody. Some people may want to start investing in the market. Some people may want to start buying real estate. Some people might want to start a business. Some people may want to buy a business. Like there's just a bevy of areas that you can look to do that. And I think when you understand your financial why, those decisions become easier because most people don't understand their financial why or what their value system is. And then they end up resorting to what social media is telling them. Mm -hmm. You need to own a trucking business. You need to own an event space. You need to own whatever the case may be. Um, and then you end up going into that path and, it, and it's not even something that aligns with you because you don't have your value system isn't connected to that. Right. So I think you need to understand that piece before beforehand. So.
those would be some of the tips. I mean, it's a, I can get, give a bunch of more tips, but I feel like I, I like to give people s small doses because when you give them a lot, it becomes overwhelming. Right. Um, and the jargon can sometimes be intimidating and then people just, you know, naturally back off from, yeah. from it. And I think uh, once people get on that journey of like educating themselves on what I would call, I guess, like the personal finance wheel wheelhouse, inevitably, once you master one aspect of it, your mind is going to travel to another aspect of like, how can I do more? So I think as people kind of try to like master the basics of some of what you just described, if they are a steward, you know, and also just a lifelong learner, they'll take the steps to exactly. keep learning. So Exactly. In the interest of time, bro, we could talk for hours. Uh, it's so much more that I wanted to ask you. But I guess lastly, um, how would you describe failure? Like, what would mm. be your personal uh, definition of failure? Um... Failure is the ability to get knocked down constantly um, and remind yourself in those moments that um, that there is another there is another side to this, right? And we talk about if you are someone who has an abundant mindset, when you get knocked down, you, you're going to be so optimistic. Like, all right, I got this bruise. I learned. I'm never going to make this mistake where I know how to maneuver the next time I'm in a situation like that. So, so failure is just, you know, the ability to get knocked down multiple, you know, multiple times um, with, the, with the abundant mindset that you'll be able to get up and, and get right back started again, no matter how many more times you're going to get knocked down. You can't lose your enthusiasm for the goal, right? Because that goes back to your value system, right? If you failed, um, like the exam that I'm taking at the end of December, I failed mm -hmm. it twice. If I, if I didn't, if this track that I'm on for what I'm getting ready to do, if I didn't, if my value system wasn't connected to it, the two times that I fell, I'd have been discouraged and, and trashed right, it because right. it it wasn't an alignment. And the fact that I failed and got knocked down by it, um, I wouldn't have wanted to continue to try to, you know, keep trying, keep trying to get to that target. So yeah, that's what uh, I'm saying. Thank bro. you, bro. Absolutely, you man. Anything. And tell the people how they could keep up with you on all the socials. Uh, I'm on every social media platform at Nasir Smith. So that's and I spell Nasir very differently. So it's <laughs> N I S I A R um, Smith. Every platform, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, I'm TikTok, whatever you... TikToking? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all my... That's like five or six different platforms. You can check me out there. I'm very responsible in the DM, so I'm not Hollywood. You hear me on this, on this platform talking about how I give back. Mm -hmm. I literally send, you know, people ask all types of questions, and I get back to them as best I can. And I, and I offer, like, um, office hours during the week for people to just, like, break bread and ask questions, so... Awesome. Well, you just touched on this too, bro. I don't know if you want to shout out Breaking Bread Media before we go. Uh, yeah. So Breaking Bread Media is a media company that I started, and it also has a podcast that tells the stories of creative entrepreneurs and small business owners um, regarding their relationship with money. So um, it's a show that took a pause because I had to, I'm studying, so I had to give some focus to the studies. But um, there are currently five episodes out right now um, on every, on YouTube and on everywhere, everywhere you listen to podcasts. And then also, um, once I'm done with this exam, I have 16 other episodes that are banked that I just have to release. Amazing. So, um, you, you know, look look forward to it. We have a lot of, I had some NFL players on there, former NFL players, and uh, people who play at the high, highest level of basketball as well, talking about the relationship with money. It's it's a really good dynamic and intersection. Um, so Really yeah, looking forward to that. it, y'all. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Y'all know y'all can keep up with me on all the socials as well. I hope y'all subscribe, like this video, and just continue to stay on tune for more content. Love y'all. Peace. Peace, y'all. That was good, bro. Yeah, that was good. I was trying to watch the time. I'm like, dang, it's 2.12. Once yeah, we got yeah, to 2.12, yeah. I'm like, I got to maximize this next 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>